Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Today's guest on The Business of You is Susie DeVille, the founder and CEO of the Innovation and Creativity Institute, and a real treat for me because she's been a longtime client of the Brand ID, our digital agency. We have worked with Susie on and off for, I'd say, the last decade on her various endeavors and creative projects. Susie has a heart of gold and a voice that will soothe your soul. But more importantly, is her work that she's putting out into the world. Today on The Business of You, Susie shares her own journey. Her methodology is called the Creative Rebel's Journey, but she shares her journey to the bottom of what she calls her nuclear winter, um, to the top of where she is today, which is releasing her, her new book. She's a first-time author. The book is incredible. I've had the pleasure of, of reading an advanced copy. Actually, read it during the editing phase. So, here's a little bit more about Susie. She is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs build wildly successful businesses by rediscovering their creativity and leveraging the power of their true nature. She is, as I mentioned, a first time author. She is a coach and entrepreneur who's built and sold a highly profitable real estate firm. And she has been researching innovation and creativity since 2005. Her first book, Buoyant, the Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative, and Free, has been compared to The Artist's Way and has actually been referred to as The Artist's Way for Entrepreneurs. If you are in need of inspiration, if you are in need of tactics to help you overcome your own nuclear winter or just a bad phase in your life, or just in need of tactics to help reconnect with your soul and the true work that you should be putting out into the world, I highly recommend listening to today's episode and also picking up a copy of Susie's book. Today, I have the pleasure of having Susie DeVille with me. Um, Susie, it's a real pleasure and an unusual pleasure because you've also been a longtime Brand ID client and friend. You've become a dear friend over the years. Really excited to have you and share your story on the business of you. How are you today? I am terrific, and I am so honored to be here with you, my friend. You are amazing. (laughs) As are you, and we will be diving into all the cool stuff you've been working on. Would love to start by you sharing your journey of um, how you got to starting the Innovation and Creativity Institute but if you can also share, you know, part of your part of your endeavor with the real estate world, I think that's been a real um, leveraging point for you and all the things that you're doing that bring you such joy. So, so lay it on us. Tell us the, the Susie <laughs> Deville winding road to the Innovation sure. and Creativity Institute. 
Well, I was um, at home with my son in 1999. I left the nonprofit leadership world and I made the choice to stay home with Adam for a couple of years. And as I was at home, my husband said, why don't we start doing some investing and flipping, you know, buy buy these rundown homes and renovate them and make them fabulous and put them on the market. So I was like, sure. (laughs) Then I started looking at these contracts when we were purchasing these properties and they were, it was like reading some sort of foreign language. So I said, I'm just going to go get my real estate license for the sheer purpose of learning how to read these contracts properly, never intending to be active at all. Um, so I got my license and then it was, the class was so much fun. I went back and got my broker's license and within a few days of having my broker's license, I got a client <laughs> out of the blue and I took them out, showed them property. They ended up calling me about three hours after we finished the day and they decided to make an offer and it was a, a listing of ours too. So then I could see the magic of a getting, putting a deal together, but putting a deal together, that was one of your listings. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a month's worth of salary compared to what I was making in the nonprofit world. (laughs) And I found that I was just really naturally at ease with real estate work. I knew how, somehow I just knew how to, to do it. I like, I just had it on the hard drive and So I took that knowledge and redid my husband's website because it was his family's firm and just started headfirst into that world. And in 2010 and 11, I started my own company in the middle of the Great Recession um, and took it to being one of the top firms in my area. And then in 2018, I sold the company to some fabulous hand-picked successors. And that allowed me then the financial wherewithal to really fund and develop this next dream, which was to, to really focus on the Innovation and Creativity Institute and write my book. Um, when I was in the nonprofit world, I was still having the cravings for going back and getting another degree. I really missed being in school. If I could be in school full time, I would. And so I went back in 2005 to get a master's in entrepreneurship. And I was in an innovation and creativity class when we were shown this Nightline episode that featured the design firm IDEO which is located out in Palo Alto. And I totally lost my mind. I could not believe that such an organization existed. I loved their culture. I loved their playful attitude. I loved their mantra to encourage wild ideas. um, And that no one person held all of the genius in the organization. That set me on a 15-year journey to learn everything that I possibly could about innovation and creativity. So I took that knowledge and started my first consulting firm, which at that point was called Innovation Compass. 
And then in 2008, when everything in my life turned to dust with my finances, my marriage, my health, everything just sort of burned to the ground (laughs) in, in not the best way, I then decided that I was going to find a way to pull myself out of this situation and that I would take everything that I learned and I would teach it to other people who were going through a similar situation. Any, anything that had a person in a stuck place, a place of doubt, fear, anxiety, overwhelm, burnout. So I folded what I was learning from this nuclear winter period into my consulting practice and started iterating on my methodology once again. Then in 2013-14, I started to take some classes in sketching and painting, and I also began traveling again. And my first trip, after two decades plus of not traveling, was back to Paris. So it was the combination of going on what I call now a creative rebel's voyage of travel, of learning the practices of art making and how that truly liberates us in ways we can't even possibly imagine, mixed in with my nuclear winter expertise and knowledge and my innovation and creativity research. All of that then fueled the iteration of my coaching methodology, as well as the content of my book. I love the line you, um, you shared in your story, which was, I just had it on the hard drive. And again, like knowing your work from working with you, I feel like the ultimate, um, the ultimate goal of your methodology is to help people reconnect with their hard drive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically help them find joy again in the things that they've buried over the years. What, what's your thought on that? What would you say about that? Well, I think you're 1000% correct. And, and I describe it as this process of almost like archeology span of the self, because as we move through life, things accumulate and glom onto us which are not our true selves, which are not our passion, which are not our soul's desires. It's the expectation of others. It could be cultural messages. It could be things teachers tell us, parents, peers, other family members that somehow shape and mold us in ways that are out of alignment with who we truly are. And so we get a little bit disconnected from what brings us alive. So what I love to do with my clients through the work that we do together and their own creative rebels voyage experiences is to reconnect them with what that joyful centered place is, get them back into alignment, remember who they truly are, and then use that knowledge as a way to direct and shape how they build their businesses and attract clients to them. Once we remember who we truly are, we then become insanely attractive to the marketplace because that energetic exchange is immediate. 
People can feel us even before we speak who we are. And if we're really in our buoyant, joyful selves, people will recognize that and pay attention. And that cuts through all of the noise in the competitive, never-ending barrage of messages that we receive each and every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some of the practices, Susie, that you implore upon yourself to get clarity within, you know, your various businesses? And you still do a little bit of real estate every now mm-hmm. and then. Mm-hmm. How do you, I mean, I find you to be incredibly organized and productive. Um, can you share a little bit of that with with our audience? Because I think one thing entrepreneurs struggle with is like always going after the next shiny object, but you're brilliant at like having shiny objects in your life and not going after the new one and just like double downing on the ones that you have and really growing them. Well, thank you. Um, So I think that we're taught that productivity is the goal, that discipline is the path to success and freedom, that working more will render more benefits. And I teach something that's the complete opposite of that. And believe me, (laughs) my entrepreneur clients fight me on it every single day. And that is, if we want to really connect with ease and flow, which is really what we're after, we have to tap into our inspired creativity. And when I say inspired, the use of the word inspiration is not what we may think off the top of our head, which is this sort of light bulb over the the head moment. When I say inspiration, I'm using it in the way Paolo Coelho, who was the author of The Alchemist and other books, how he uses it, which is to literally breathe in those things that fill us with joy and connection. So that can be time in nature. That can be time with our loved ones. That can be absorbing beautiful art, creating art. Um, That can be rest. And, you know, there's nothing like a great nap for creative (laughs) flow. Um, And so through these practices of what I call the five M's, and I'll go through those in, in just a moment, that gives me a place to anchor myself, to have these rituals and daily habits that bring me back to myself. And it's amazing to me how if I skip a day, if I believe, oh, I'll just blow that. (laughs) I immediately feel the ramifications of that. So I make it easy on myself by just making it a habit. And I didn't do all five M's right out of the gate. I slowly added them in. So let me go through what they are. The first one is morning pages. That is three pages of journaling. This is the brainchild of Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way. It is our opportunity to just do a stream of consciousness brain dump every single morning you write it down, you close your notebook and you don't leaf back through it. You don't look at it again. You're just literally getting it out of your head. That alone is a beautiful place to start so that you can leverage 
the success and what happens, which is magical as a result of this practice into making the other four M's a part of your daily life. So the second one is meditation. Again, people roll their eyes. <laughs> Tell me they, they've tried, oh, I've tried meditating. They can't do it. Um, literally, all you have to do is just sit in quiet for five minutes to get benefits from it. If you want to do guided meditations, if you want to learn the practice in more detail, um, get training in it, you can certainly do that. But we don't have to make it complicated. Literally five minutes of quiet. Um, the next is movement. So moving our bodies in some way. I am a big walker. I love to go into the woods with my dog and walk for an hour. I generally get my best ideas. So I, um, when I'm walking, so I always take a little journal with me and a pencil and I will stand in the middle of the trail and write notes. Um, it's always a wonderful place to get downloads that um, are surprising little pieces of information that have been floating around in your mind and now you can connect the dots. The next is moments of inspired learning. That does not have to be complicated <laughs> or time consuming. Literally, it can be just listening to someone recite a poem. One of my favorite things to do is to take some of Mary Oliver's poems and David White's poems on my phone and just play one right before I go on my walk, listen to the words, let myself get lost into the rhythm of the poetry and just let it sort of sit in the background of my brain while I walk. Very simple to add into your, to your schedule. And the last, and this is the one that makes everybody rebel, <laughs> is making something. There is a unique, special power that is released in us when we create something. And again, it doesn't have to be complicated or fancy, beautiful. It only has to be you moving your hands. There is magic when we let our the, the, what is in our minds come through our hands and onto the paper. But as artist and author Linda Berry says, it's also coming up from the paper, up through your arm and into your head. So you can be sketching something, you can be doodling, you can be tearing stuff out of magazines and making wild collages. You can paint, you can um, cook something, you can dance, you can do pastel work. I mean, you can play with crayons and markers, whatever it is. And again, just for a few minutes, it sets free in us this willingness to go bold and it has this incredible, almost chiseling effect on our self-doubt. The way that I describe it to my clients is that it's our bridge across the moat of self-doubt, which is what is the fuel for fear and anxiety. And that holds us back. So if we take a few minutes of practicing, just making something, you will see throughout your day how you'll, you'll pick up the phone and make that call that you've been avoiding, or you'll send the scary email, or you'll sign up for the thing that you've been wanting to sign up for, but kept talking yourself out of whatever it is, there is a willingness in you now and a sense of possibility. And all of the five M's work on us in very slow and um, gentle ways. And it moves us into 
um, this connection, back to this connection and alignment. Yeah. What struck me as you described these five just now is they're all activities that put us, um, make us very present in the moment and definitely put us in touch, not only with ourselves, but like our body, our physical body too. Um, and I think, you know, obviously that's really powerful, but what I love also about these five M's is that they are all, you know, simple things to do, right? Like movement might look different for you than it does for somebody else, but everybody's capable of putting movement in their lives and the morning pages and the meditation and the inspired learning and making something, whatever that might be. So um, I think there's brilliance and simplicity. And they're, um, they're, they're joyful and fun to do. Um, And you will notice on day one (laughs) that there's a new sheriff in town inside of your skin and it's a more rested, more centered, more focused. And as you point out, more aware, you're more present. Um, This then sets us up for the beautiful dance with gratitude because you will see you, you, the, the scales sort of fall from your eyes, the scales of busyness, the scales of distraction and exhaustion <laughs> um, and not feeling good. And what comes in its place is so much appreciation. And you see things that you have just been sort of blasting by in the course of your sort of um, uh, tumultuous life. And you see these things that make you stop. They, they just, they're arresting. They make you stop in your tracks. And then all of a sudden you're on, you're on a, a, a train of inspiration that fuels all of your thinking. And it improves not only your life, but it has so many positive um, benefits for your business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're all em- empowering actions too, right? Like they're really putting the, you know, the wheel back in your hands. Um, Susie, can you share your process to just developing your methodology? Um, I I think it's a huge differentiator in the work that you're doing. Um, But again, you know, anyone building a business, when they get to the point where they've identified a methodology to something, uh, I think it's, it's a great way to really build your personal brand. And, you know, for you, your next step was to write a book, which we'll definitely dive into that process too. But if you could talk a little bit about how you came up with your methodology. Sure. Well, let me show you, I'm going to just switch my camera over. Um, So this is called the Creative Rebels Voyage. And this is my coaching methodology. And this was developed really from 2005 to the present. And It is informed by my 15 years of research, my own time in the fire, and my own experience learning art-making practices and principles and putting things back into my life, like the five M's, as well as travel, things that I was very conscious that I had missed. I couldn't, you know, one, one question that I, I love to ask clients to, to journal about is what is something that you used to love to do that somehow you're not doing any longer? And when I asked that question of myself, travel was numero uno. (laughs) So, um, 
this process begins with inspired action, which we've already talked about. The, so the five M's, we, in order for us to really create, we have to breathe in inspiration first, then we can expire or breathe out creativity. So the next step, again, is you're creating and you're making things. And then this takes us back to where we have been just reminiscing over how we could get back to the place where we felt like we had agency over our own life and agency over our own enterprises. And this is rooted in self-trust. Once we start making things and employing the other of the four M's and focusing on inspiration rather than more productivity, we come home to ourselves and we not only recognize it with new eyes, but we really profoundly trust our decision-making once again. And if you think back to the times when you were an excellent decision maker and you didn't hem and haw and you didn't second guess and you didn't have imposter syndrome, you were just brimming with self-trust. And that is a direct result of creating things. Next, you put yourself, your true self, you get back into alignment and you put that person back at the helm. That that is where you make your decisions from, your choices from, and it informs everything in your business. How, how the team members that you bring on, how you do your marketing, what is it that you're going to build next? What are you importantly going to say no to? And then finally is this incredibly important step because once we have our sacred energy back, our inspirational energy back, we have to protect it and continue to fuel it. So this is not a once and done moment. You, this is a daily thing. You, we have to keep putting back into ourselves, just like oxygen, it is as critical to us as fueling our bodies with great food and water and oxygen. So we have to protect this boundary setting is so critical and being very mindful about how we schedule things. I'm a big believer in lots of white space in people's calendars, as well as buffer days, what I, what I call buffer days before a big creative project and after. Before you go on a big trip and after. Before you have the big presentation and after. We tend to just pack in relentlessly so many things into our schedules that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to, cre to create from our best, most inspired place. And then we don't give ourselves time to recover. So this makes us grumpy. <laughs> this also makes us forget who we truly are. It puts us back in what I call the stagnation zone, which is where we then get into onto the slippery slope of actively cutting ourselves off from all the tributaries that feed our creativity, feed our best thinking, feed our best work. Hmm. Makes so much sense when you lay it out like this. 
What would you say is the the area that most of your clients stumble at? The the very beginning of the process. The belief that wait a second, I'm not supposed to be George Jetson on the treadmill. <laughs> you know, screaming and running and um, reaching for more coffee to get through the the to-do list. Um, There is an addiction to the adrenaline of overdoing and we don't recognize it typically. We get a charge over opening our planner or opening however we have it on a digital calendar and seeing all the stuff, because that's such a beautiful, socially sanctioned way to hide out. It's a great place to not feel anything, especially um, if we've gone through something that has been scary or sad, or um, we're we're carrying some kind of trauma of some kind, and we just don't want to deal with it. We don't want to feel it. So load up that schedule. And so my entrepreneurs tend to be very hard charging, highly creative individuals with lots and lots of energy and passion, but they are also overachievers for the most part, who also tend to believe that I can achieve my way to a sense of self that feels like I have intrinsic value. But of course, that is a fool's errand because you cannot, you cannot give yourself intrinsic value by doing. You have to just love who you are and know that you have value without, quote unquote, achieving anything. So my entrepreneur clients a lot of times will push back on the joyful, easy path through Inspire Creativity because it sounds like, it sounds frivolous. It sounds for crafty people. It sounds like that's stuff for people who have time to kill, people who are retired or children. <laughs> um, certainly not the hard-charging entrepreneur. So there's there's really an educational piece for me at the beginning of the process And I will have people um, after about two or three sessions, if they're really entrenched in their, in their philosophy, something will start to work on them and they'll, something will land in their laps. Typically could be a beautiful idea. could be an incredible opportunity. It could just be having a a great night's sleep after not sleeping for five years. And they will say, something's going on here. You're, there's something about what you're, you're telling me I now believe. And that's my way in. Um, but that's the hardest part of the process um, is to start to shift and undo that pervasive cultural training. The other piece is when we get to the art making piece, Most people believe that it has to be quote unquote good in order for it to have value. (laughs) And it's not about what you make, although you may love it. Um, Most of my clients make things that they love, but it's about the experience of making it. There is a transformation that happens within you when you're making art, which is the point. We tend to believe that the product 
is the only thing that has value. And I could care less about what it looks like. I am interested in what's happening inside of your cells, inside of your soul. And so we have to do some, some, um, un, uh, some myth busting about art and what it is and what it is not most of the time. And people, once they relax into that notion, they, they experience something that is liberation on steroids. And it has this beautiful domino effect throughout their entire life. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.